Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of reading Harry Potter with an 11 year old and today we're going to be reading Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone chapter 10 Halloween continued the last episode was a very short episode I will probably try my best to finish this chapter um so yeah let's get started please make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family if they enjoy listening to harry potter and don't forget to follow me on whatever platform you're listening to this on so you don't miss an episode let's get started okay um this is um that song you heard it's it's called lumos by john williams um i'm gonna be doing that now as like intervals between my intro and outro and my reading so let's start from where i last remember we were reading from uh have the bludgers ever killed anyone harry asked hoping he sounded offhand never at hogwarts we've had a couple of broken jaws but nothing worse than that now the last member of the team is the seeker and that is you. And you don't have to worry about the quaffle or the blutches, unless they crack my head open. Don't worry. The Weasleys are more than a pair of for the bludges. I mean, they're like a pair of human bludges themselves. Wood reached into the crate and took out the fourth and last ball. It was tiny, about the size of a large walnut. It was bright and gold and had little fluttering silver wings. This, said Wood, is the golden snitch. It's the most important ball of the lot. It's very hard to catch because it's so fast and very difficult to see. It's the seeker's job to catch it. You've got to weave in and out of the chasers, beaters, bludgers, and quaffle to get it before the other team's seeker because when whichever team whichever team seeker catches the snitch wins his team an extra 150 points that's why they get fouled so much um that's why seekers get fouled so much a game of quidditch is only only ends when the snitch is caught so it can go on for ages i think the record is 3 months they, keep, they had to keep bringing on some substitutes so the players can get some sleep. Well, that's it. Any questions? Harry shook his head. He understood what he had to do all right. The problem was... the prob- um, It was the problem... No, it was doing it... Blah, blah, blah. It was doing it that was going to be the problem. We won't practice with the snitch yet, said Wood, carefully shutting it, shutting it back inside the crate. It's too dark. We might lose it. Let's try it out with one, a few of these. He pulled out a bag of ordinary muggle golf balls out of his pocket, and a few minutes later, he he and Harry were up in the air, Wood throwing the golf balls in as hard in every direction as he could for Harry to catch. Harry didn't miss a single one, and Wood was really delighted. After an hour and a half, the night had really fallen. So, not an hour and a half, half an hour, 
Night had really fallen and they couldn't carry on. That Quidditch Cup will have our name on it this year, said Wood happily, as they trudged back up to the castle. I wouldn't be surprised if you turned out better than Charlie Weasley, and he could have gone off and played for England if he hadn't gone off chasing dragons. Perhaps it, perhaps it, will be, it was now because he was so busy. What? With three Quidditch practice, um, with Quidditch practice three evenings a week, on top of all its homework, but Harry could hardly believe he had went it when he realized he'd already been at Hogwarts for two months. The castle felt more like home than Privet Drive had ever done. His lessons too were now becoming more and more interesting. That they had mastered the basics. On Halloween morning. They woke up to the delicious smell of baking pumpkin wafting through the corridors. Even better, Professor Flitwick announced in charms that they were ready that he thought they were ready to make start making objects fly, something they had all been dying to try since they'd seen him make Neville's toad zoom around the classroom. Professor Flitwick put the class to into into pairs to practice. Harry's partner was Seamus Finnegan, which, were, which was a relief, because Neville had been trying to catch his eye. Ron, however, was working was to be working with Hermione Granger. Ron, um, it was hard to tell whether Ron and Hermione was angry about this. She hadn't spoken to either of them since the day Harry's broomstick arrived. Now, don't forget that nice wrist movement we've been practicing, squeaked Professor Flitwick, perched on top of his on his pile of books as usual. Swish and flick, remember? Swish and flick. And saying the magic words is properly is very important too. Never forget wizard Burfeo, who said S instead of F and found himself with a buffalo on the floor with a buffalo on his chest. It was very difficult. Harry and Seamus swished and flicked, but the feather they were supposed to be sending skywards just lay on the desktop. Seamus got so impatient that he prodded it with his wand and set fire to it. Harry had to put it out with his hat. Ron, at the next table, wasn't having much more luck. Wingardium Leviosa, he shouted, waving his long arms like a windmill. You're saying it wrong! Harry heard Hermione snap. It's Wingardium Leviosa. Make the gar nice and long. You do it then if you're so clever, Ron snarled. Hermione rolled up the sleeves of her wand of her gown, flicked her wand and said, Wingardium Leviosa. Hermione rolled up um oh wait, sorry, I'm past that. Their feather rose off the desk and hovered about four feet above their heads. Oh, well done, cried Professor Flitwick, clapping. Everyone, see here, Miss Granger's done it. Ron was in a very bad temper by the end of class. It's no wonder no one can stand her, he said to Harry, as they pushed their way into the, crowd cor in, into the crowded corridor. She's a nightmare, honestly. Someone knocked into Harry, and as they hurried past him, it was Hermione. Harry caught a glimpse of her face and was startled to see that she was in tears. I, I think she heard you. So, 
said Ron, but he looked a bit uncomfortable. She must have noticed she's got no friends. Hermione didn't turn up for the next class and wasn't seen all afternoon. On their way down to the Great Hall for the Halloween feast, Harry and Ron overheard Pavati Patil telling her friend Lavender that Hermione was crying in the girls' toilets and wanted to be left alone. Ron looked still more awkward at this moment, but a moment later they had entered the Great Hall where the Halloween decorations put Hermione out of their minds. A thousand live bats fluttered from the ceiling from the walls and ceiling, while a thousand more swooped over their tables in low black clouds, making the candles in the pumpkin stutter. The feast appeared suddenly on the golden plates, just as it had a starter term banquet. Harry was helping himself to a jacket potato when Professor Quirrell came sprinting down the hall, his turban askew and terror on his face. Everyone stared as he reached Professor Dumbledore's chair, slumped in it on the table and grasps. Troll! In the, in the dungeon! Thought you wouldn't know! Then he sank to the floor in a dead faint. There was an uproar. It took several purple firecrackers exploding from the end of Professor Dumbledore's wand to bring silence. Prefix, he rumbled, lead your houses back to your dormitories immediately. Percy was in his element. Follow me, stick together first years, no need to fear, the troll if you follow my orders. Stay close behind me now. Make way. First he is coming through. Excuse me, I am a prefect. How could a troll get in? Harry asked as they climbed the stairs. Don't ask me. They're supposed to be really stupid, said Ron. Maybe Peeves let it in for a Halloween joke. They passed different groups of people hurrying in different directions. As they jostled their way through a crowd of confused Hufflepuffs, Hermione suddenly grabbed Ron's arms. I've just thought about... Hermione, what about her? She doesn't know about the troll. Ron bit her lip. Oh, all right, he snapped, but Percy'd better not see us. Ducking down, they joined the Hufflepuff going, the Hufflepuffs going the other way, slipped down a deserted side of the corridor, and hurried off towards the girls' toilets. They had just turned the corner when they had heard quick footsteps behind him. Percy, hissed Ron pulling Harry behind a large stone griffin. Peering around at it, however, they saw not Percy, but Snape. He crossed the corridor and disappeared from view. What's he doing? Harry whispered. Why isn't he down in the dungeons with the rest of the teachers? Search me. Quietly as possible, they crept along the next corridor after, after Snape's fading footsteps. He's heading for the third floor, Harry said, but Ron held up his hand. Can you smell something? Harry sniffed and a foul stench reached his nostrils, a mixture of old socks and the kind of public toilet no one seems to clean. And then they heard it, a low grunting and the shuffling footfalls of, a, of gigantic feet. Ron pointed at the end of the passage to the left something huge was moving towards them. 
I shrank into the shadows and watched as it emerged into a patch of moonlight. It was a horrible sight. Twelve feet tall, its skin was dull granite grey, its great lumpy body, like a boulder with a small bald head, perched on top of it like a coconut. It had short legs, thick as tree trunks with flat, horny feet. Um, the smell coming from it was incredible. It was holding a huge wooden club, which dragged along the floor because its arms were so long. The troll stepped next to a doorway and peered inside. Then it wangled its ears, making up its tiny mind, then slouched slowly into the room. The key's in the lock, Harry muttered. We can lock it in. Good idea, said Ron nervously. Harry and Ron tried to look as though this story wasn't new to them. Well, in that case, said Professor McGonagall, staring at the three of them. Miss Granger, you foolish girl! How could you think of tackling a mountain troll on your own? Hermione hung her head. Harry was speechless. Hermione was the last person to do anything against the rules. And here she was, pretending she had, just so she could get them out of trouble. It was as if Snape had started handing out sweets. Miss Granger, five points will be taken from Gryffindor for this, said Professor McGonagall. I am very disappointed in you. If you're not hurt at all, you'd better get off to Gryffindor Tower. Students are finishing their feast in their houses. Hermione left. Professor McGonagall turned to Harry and Ron. Well, I still say you were lucky, but not many. First years could have taken on a full-grown mountain troll. You both each win. Five points for Gryffindor. Professor, Professor Dumbledore will be informed of this. You may go. They hurried out of the chamber and didn't speak at all until they had climbed two floors up. It was quite a relief to be away from the smell of the troll, quite apart from anything else. We should have gotten more than ten points, Ron grumbled. Five, you mean, once she has taken off her minus. Good of her to get us out of trouble like that, Ron admitted. Mind you, we did save her, though. She might have not needed saving if we hadn't locked her in the chamber. Harry reminded him. They had reached the portrait of the fat lady. Peaks now, they said, and they entered. This, the common room was packed and noisy. Everyone was eating food that had been sent up. Hermione, however, stood alone by the door, waiting for them. It was a very embarrassing pause. Then none of them looking at each other. They all said, thanks, then hurried off to get their plates. From that moment on, Hermione Granger became their friend. There are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other. And knocking out a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. They edged towards the open door, mouths dry, praying the troll wasn't about to come out of it. With one great leap, Harry managed to grab the key, slam the door, and lock it. Yes! Flush with their victory, they, startled, they started to run back up the corner. But then they reached the corner. But as they reached the corner, they heard something that made their hearts stop. A high, petrified scream, and it was coming from the chamber they just locked up. Oh no! Said Ron, as pale as the bloody Baron. It's the girls' toilets! Harry gasped. Hermione! They said together. It was the last thing they wanted to do. But what choice did they have? 
Wheeling around, they sprinted back to the door and turned the key, fumbling in their panic. Harry pulled the door open. They ran inside. Hermione Granger was shrinking against the wall opposite, as though she was about to faint. The troll was advancing on her, knocking off the sinks off the walls as it went. Confuse it, Harry said desperately to Ron, seizing a tap, and he threw it as hard as he can against the wall. The troll stopped a few feet from Hermione. It lumbered around, blinking stupidly to see what had made the noise. Its mean little eyes saw Harry. It hesitated, then made for him instead, lifting its club as it went. Oi, pea brain! said Ron, yelled Ron from the other side of the chamber, and he threw a metal pipe at it. The troll didn't even seem to notice the pipe hitting its shoulder, but it heard it, but it heard the yell and paused again, turning its ugly snout towards Ron instead, giving Harry time to run around it. Come on, run, run! Harry yelled at Hermione, trying to pull her towards the door, but she couldn't move. She was still flat against the wall, her mouth open in terror. The shouting and the echoes seemed to be driving the troll berserk. It roared again and started towards Ron, who was nearest and had no way to escape. The, um... Then Harry did something that was both, that was both very brave and very stupid. He took a great running jump and managed to fasten his arms around the troll's neck from behind. The troll couldn't feel Harry hanging there, but but even a troll will notice if you stick a long bit of wood up its nose. And Harry's wand had been straight in his hands when he jumped. It had been gone. It had gone straight up one of the troll's nostrils. Howling with pain, the troll twisted and flared for, for, its, for its club, which, with Harry clinging on for dear life, any second the troll was going to rip him off or catch him with a terrible blow with the club. Hermione had sunk into the floor in fright. Some, um, Ron pulled out his own wand, not knowing what he was going to do. He heard himself cry the first spell that came into his head. Wingardium Leviosa! The club suddenly rose out of the troll's hand. Rose high, high and up into the air. Turned slowly over and dropped with a sickening crack onto its owner's head. The troll swayed on the spot, then fell flat with a loud thud that made the whole room tremble. Harry got to his feet. He was shaking and out of breath. Ron Ron was standing there with his wand still raised, staring at what he had just done. Uh, it was Hermione who spoke first. Is it dead? I don't know, said Harry. I think it's just been knocked out. He bent down and pulled his wand out of the troll's nose. It was covered in what looked like lumpy grey glue. Ugh! Troll boogies. He wiped, he wiped it on the troll's trousers. A sudden slamming and loud footsteps that made the three of them look up. They hadn't realized what a racket they had made, they had been making, but of course someone must, must have heard them downstairs. Someone downstairs must have heard the crashes and the troll's roars. A moment later, Professor McGonagall had come bursting into the room, followed closely by Professor Snape. And with Quirrell bringing up the rear, Quirrell took took one look at the troll and let out a faint whimper. 
and sat down quickly on a toilet, clutching his heart. Snape bent over the troll. Professor, McGon Professor McGonagall was looking at Ron and Harry. Harry had never seen her so angry. Her lips were white. Hopes of winning 50 points for Gryffindor faded quickly from Harry's mind. What on earth were you thinking of? said Professor McGonagall with cold fury in her, fury in her voice. Harry looked at Ron, who was still standing with his wand in the air. You were lucky you weren't killed. Why are you not in your dormitory tonight? Snape gave Harry a swift, piercing look. Harry looked at the floor. He wished Ron would put his wand down. Then a small voice came out of the shadows. Please, Professor McGonagall, they were looking for me. Miss Granger. Hermione had managed to get to her feet at last. I I went looking for the troll because I um I, I thought I could deal I thought I could deal with them on my own. You you know because I've read all about them. Ron dropped his wand. Hermione Granger telling a downright lie to a teacher? If they hadn't found me, I I'd be dead by now. Harry stuck his wand up the nose and Ron knocked it out with his own club. They didn't have time to come and fetch anyone. It was about to finish me off when they arrived. So that is the end of the chapter. I really hope you enjoyed. The next chapter is chapter 11, Quidditch. So, Harry plays Quidditch. And, yeah. So, I really hoped you enjoyed this episode of Reading Harry Potter with an 11-year-old. I really do feel like I read better than most of my other episodes. Um, please make sure to follow me and um, listen to my other podcast. Um, check out my other episodes. Uh, please make sure to... Uh, share this with your friends and family if they enjoy listening to harry potter and i will see you guys when i make another episode bye